You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to those people who lived well and died well and who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our legacy to us here, the living, that we might learn from those who have gone before us, that we might draw on the mistakes that they made in their lives and understand them as teachings and to bring those teachings forward so they can continue to evolve and that we together here as the living can work to create a world that we would be honored to have our descendants inherit. And so we ask for these ancestors to come to us, to work with us through our shamanic practices, to speak to us in our dreams, and to help us to understand how to go forward in a way uh, that is good for all living things. And let us reach beyond our human ancestors and to remember that life here on earth is much bigger than humans and to reach to those energies that are part of life that have been here long before they were humans and will be here long after. Those energies that bring us the wisdom of the medicines and the plant world and the food of the plant world, uh, the wisdom of the animals and the bugs and the birds and the mountains and the rivers and the oceans and all that makes life was all here before us. And we ask it to help us to remember what is our place in that great web of life and how to be in that place in a way that brings the true blessings of humanity into manifestation in a way that supports life in its many forms and its great diversity. We ask these ancestral helping spirits to help us to remember our own true nature and to learn to be better humans in our time. So as the ancestors gather around us and begin to hold us well in this day, let us take responsibility to draw ourselves from wherever it is that we might be, drawing ourselves and our awareness into our head and from our head down to our heart and from our heart down into our belly. And then let's stop all the many things that we're doing for just a moment and reach down to touch the earth and give gratitude to the earth for this day. For the wonder of her dreaming that brought life to the face of this planet and the compassion and the generosity in that dream that allows us to change anything as long as we are still breathing. And since we are breathing, we are alive, let us give thanks for the wonder and the awe, the miracle of life. And as we reach our energy down into the earth, let our gratitude flow out of our hearts into all the layers of the earth as we reach for the very center of the earth and anchor ourselves firmly there. And as we resonate out to the earth and deep into the earth, let us tune into the energies of the earth, those that are so deeply needed by everything that lives here on the surface and yet are so essentially different. Those energies that draw their strength, their power, their capacity from darkness and stillness and silence, from the peace of that which is before. And as we reach deeply into this energy, as we would reach into fresh, clear water on a hot, parched day, we draw the earth's energy up, drawing up that energy that arises before Abundance, that which comes into our life to restore, replenish, and renourish. And the energy that comes up into our life to teach us about manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way for all living things. As we reach out to the earth's energy, may we come to understand that which has heart and meaning in our life, to ground ourselves in that, in that place that we stand, and to create our sense of home and family on these things that we value in our heart. 
Let us not simply do what has been done because that's the way it has always been, but to open ourselves to our deepest truth, that which resonates most profoundly in our heart. And may these energies guide our actions in the day. And as we learn from the energy of the earth how to connect with others, may we also learn better to connect with the different energies within ourselves. Connect better and in a great, uh, greater capacity with the environmental energies around us and ultimately with the invisible energies of the spirit world. May we come into right relationship with all things and in this way come to know our place in the great web of life and to take our own right relationship with ourself from this knowing. So as we draw deeply on the energy of the earth, let, it, let us draw it up from our belly into our heart and from our heart into our mind. Let us send this energy all the way up with our own consciousness out through the sky and whatever weather it holds for you in this day, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos. And as your energy rises up through all the heavenly bodies and the great mysteries and wonder of our universe, let us reach all the way to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever way you know this energy, however you conceive of it, however you name it, take a moment to see yourself in it. Don't hold it at arm's length, but to see yourself in it and it in you and in this way begin to draw this radiant energy from above down into your life. And as we draw this divine energy into our head and heart and belly, let us call into ourself, into our day, into these proceedings, the essence energy of blessings. Blessings and protection, and as we draw this energy in, may we know the benevolence of this universe and move this energy into commitment and devotion in our lives. We call in this energy to illuminate the path, to inspire us along that path, and to be the lighthouse in those dark moments that we might find the shore. We call out to this energy to help us to see in the darkness of our time towards the new story. And we open ourselves to the beneficence of this universe and we call this energy in, into ourself and invite this energy not only to infuse us to move out through our actions into the world. And as we draw this energy through our body and down our grounding cord to the center of the earth, we open up this axis of connection between earth and sky, these two great legendary lovers. It is through their eternal love affair that all of this experience of form is birthed into existence and we give gratitude for that big love and we invite that big love to awaken the spirits of our own hearts and as our hearts awaken infused by the energies above and below let us bring that great uh, crucible of transformation that rests in the heart online not let it sit dormant while you were busy doing other things, but to let that crucible fire up and draw up the fiery passions of your belly and draw down the crystal clarity of your mind and let these two very distinctly different energies, different in quality, different in purpose, different in meaning, come together in a dynamic tension that will give birth to the third and most sacred thing that you carry in your entire life. And that is your own deep understanding or memory or inspiration as to why it is that you are here and may you find some courage in that very same human heart to express your own unique genius in some way in the world and for all of the spirit help that I have and that you have to do precisely that to express our unique genius in the world I give deep thanks and to these spirits, I ask that what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that it is good for all living things. For those of you who are tuning in to Why Shamanism Now for the first time, this show is listener supported. We have been on the air every week for eight years now. All of the shows live for free in the Why Shamanism Now archives at whyshamanismnow.com, iTunes, and at go-creatornetwork.com. And for this to happen, um, I need your help. And that's what I mean by the show being listener supported. So I'd like to give gratitude to Irene and Nakaya, to Randall, Stephen and Doug and all of the listeners who are able to donate financially to the show. This allows me to pay the bills, to keep the archives, um, particularly the archive bills and to keep the show available. To people for free. I'm also grateful to those of you that are able to find other ways 
to help to grow the show, particularly by your drawing the ideas and the show into action in your life and exploring how that changes things and giving uh, myself feedback, giving other people feedback and beginning to spread the teachings so that humanity remembers once again that shamanism is a valid and uh, very practical practice to solve many of the great challenges of our time. And so for that, I am um, deeply thankful to you all and ask you um, at this time, at the end of the year, um, to just know how profoundly um, I am moved by you, your use of the show, your time that you take to tell me through your emails that things have changed for you for the better and for all of this interaction and exchange and opportunity to spread these ideas in the world I want to give you profound thanks so if you'd like to donate to the show you can go to whyshamanismnow.com and click on the support button and donate any amount, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. I'm deeply grateful to those of you who have set up for yourselves a monthly payment to sustain us as we go forward. And finally, I'm always happy to offer a regular address for a regular old-fashioned check um, if you email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So we are not live today, but you are certainly welcome to email me about today's show at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So today's show is the solstice fire between stories. And this winter solstice uh, gives us the opportunity to step off the wheel of the old world and to work with Grandfather Fire to release the deep habit of life as we have known it and step into this space between stories and move towards the new world. And this is also true for those of you in the summer hemisphere um, looking at the summer solstice, that um, in this particular time on the planet, my understanding from spirit is it doesn't matter whether we are facing the winter or the summer, whether we're working with the big yin time or the big yang time, that uh, this is our time to work with these um, deep essence energies um, to step off the wheel of the old world. And to do this, we must explore our unconscious collusion with the dominant paradigm that drives the old world reality through us into manifestation in the world through our actions in the manifestation in the world. So regardless of our conscious position in the world, we are all still playing roles of one kind or another in the old script. You know, regardless of whether we're pretty sure we're one of the good guys, um, that we're doing the good work, fighting the good fight, somehow in some way we are all still playing into this script, the old script. But we have shamanic skills and we're not afraid to use them. So let's use them to explore our unconscious collusion with the old story that allows us to deceive, mislead, and otherwise excuse ourselves from stepping fully into our authenticity, um, to mediate our power from our heart in the world and use it, and to love. There have been many, many beautiful essays and blogs written by people responding to this time, how they discover for themselves that truly the only path forward to a new world will be through our hearts and that allowing our hearts to be a valid voice at the table of our decision making is absolutely essential at this time. And I agree. But of course, you know, I agree because, you know, you've been listening to the show for eight years and that's the... um, major driving force of this particular cosmology of shamanism, of my healing practice, and all else that happens through Last Mass Center and Why Shamanism Now, is it is understanding the force of true love in the world and how we align ourselves with it and connect with the dreaming that is dreaming this new story of the world into life and to, and to participate in that actively and skillfully um, using not only our shamanic skills but our minds and our hearts and our good old-fashioned common sense. So, so to, to prepare for this fire, and, and I want to, for those of you that are just listening to this kind of thing for the first time, several years ago we did um, some preparation, a, a lot of preparation actually for the fire, uh, for fire ritual. 
and that uh, audience members were invited to participate in all around the world. And of all of the many series of shows that I've done, this that one was extremely impactful in the lives of people that chose to do a solstice fire, be it winter or summer. And so I encourage those of you who've never done that before to perhaps have this be your opportunity to be your first time uh, stepping into um, a fire ritual. And for those of you that are very, very new to this or will be, you know, traveling to your grandmother's house or um, off vacationing if you're in the southern hemisphere, you know, if you see some limitation or prohibition from doing this, I want to share with you um, that that's bullshit. (laughs) Fires the fire, whether it is an illegal candle tea light in your hotel room that you're not supposed to be burning, whether it is... um, Stepping outside in the the backyard of Grandma's house and um, and having a small fire in a clay pot. Um, actually, uh, I spent many a night on my illegally on the roof of my apartment building in New York City with a little clay pot, having many many fire rituals. And so there's always a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. And these rituals matter. The fire's the fire, whether it's the flame of a candle or a great bonfire. And um, not being able to have a great bonfire when you think that's what's necessary to burn these energies that no longer serve you is a cop-out. So I encourage you to be creative. Find a way to do your fire if you feel called to do the fire. And don't let external – what appear to be external limitations keep you from jumping in. Okay, so to jump in, what is collusion? We need to understand that in the first place because the preparation for this fire entirely involves looking at your collusion. So collusion is largely unconscious. Collusion happens when more than uh, two people are in the room. (laughs) And there's more than two people on the room called Earth, so we're all colluding. And collusion is about the ways we unconsciously give each other permission to stay in fear, to be less than who we are, and to accept the excuses for why we're not doing what we really know we need to be doing or not doing what we don't know we need to be doing. All we know is what we are doing isn't what we should be doing. Anyway, my point is collusion allows us to eddy out. It's, a, it's kind of like a group permission to not step into our potential. And it happens all the time in groups. And the quickest way to bust collusion is just to start talking about it, just to, just to bring up what is the collusion in the group and to begin to look at how is it that we are using the collective fears of the group to hide. And, um, and when, what also happens in groups around collusion is the person who isn't, isn't down with the collusion, like it doesn't resonate with them and they're not wanting to participate in it, they often get a lot of crap. They get um, they they're given a very hard time for always being the provocative person, and so the point of this fire is to recognize collectively that every single human on this planet is in collusion with the old story to some degree. Some are utterly lost completely in their collusion, and it has become their reality, and others particularly those of you who consider yourselves, you know, the good guys fighting the good fight are lost in it as well. Because if we weren't lost in the collusion, we wouldn't still be in the old story. It's, it's really simple. And so the fact that we are speaks to our collusion. And, and not because I don't think there are other forces much more powerful than I keeping the old story in place or trying to as it's falling apart. But my point is we would be taking different action to change that if we weren't in collusion. Okay, so we're exploring our unconscious collusion. Um, And what I found in my own student community is that when we start asking this question directly within cohorts or groups of people moving through the cycle, their capacity to dig into the transformational work in the cycle changes exponentially. And so, you know, the point is to recognize as human beings, we collude. So knock it off, you know, ask yourself the questions and step out of it. In every group you're part of, you're colluding on some level. And so the only way to not do that is to ask yourself, how am I doing this? And to, st- and to stop. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, because it is unconscious by definition, it is extremely helpful to ask spirit to help us to understand um, not only where we're colluding, you know, how am I colluding with the old story, but to explore the root of the energies that drive you into that collusion. What are you afraid of? Um, what do you believe that maybe you don't really need to believe anymore? Um, where is your wounded child driving the bus? Um, it could be multiple different things. But the point is, because it's already present, your helping spirits can be extremely precise in helping you to step out of it. And that is why working with spirit to help us to see our collusion and the roots of the energies inside of us that drive us into the collusion is very effective with spirit. Um, so part two in terms of preparing for this particular fire, uh, solstice fire, is what does it mean to be between stories? What does it mean to move between stories? Now for those of you that are not also reading Charles Eisenstein's work, one, I would suggest you at least read the things, the essays and the blogs that he's posting online, um, if not buying his books. Um, but um, what it, what it means in the simplest sense without getting into the, the the deeper discussion that Charles is quite capable of doing is that in 2012 the old world ended the world ended and those that had the power at that time at the ending of the old world are endeavoring desperately to keep the story of the old world world going but a new world began when the old world ended and many of us like myself and those of you who bother to listen to the show are most likely on the other side of the of the divide here which is people who would very much like to see a new story take root in the new world and so the space between stories is this awkward space that we are in where the world has moved on but we haven't moved on with it so we are between the stories we're still trapped to some degree in the old story and yet longing for many of us dreaming and envisioning the new story. I mean, think about someone like Starhawk, who's been writing about this for decades before we got there. I mean, there are many, many people that have been dreaming of the new world and the new story for their entire adult lifetime here at the end of the old world. And so that's probably all you really need to know to think about preparing for the fire ritual. Um, so, some live more in this in-between state than others, um, but unlike our collusion, which is already manifest in form, this um, space between stories is currently manifesting. And this makes it a little bit more challenging for us to use our journeying and divination to direct us because we're a moving target and it's a moving target. Um, and that fact that the helping spirits can't be as precise because now they're having to work with variables, not fixed numbers, basically, if you follow the metaphor. Um, it also makes it critically important, since your helping spirits can't do all the work, it makes it critically important for you to educate yourself, to open your mind to a larger and larger sense of reality, and to find your questions within that greater reality. Um, in other words, you have to do more work to see what's going on so that you can craft the correct question that's going to get you to an answer that's going to be meaningful in any way in the current reality. So an example of that is people that are part of the don't ever say anything negative crowd, always be positive no matter what's going on, always be positive. The problem with that, as true as it is in a certain sense, the problem with that is to actually discern a valid and useful question, you need to look at what's really going on, the, all of it. You don't necessarily have to be in judgment and fear about it, but some of what's really going on would to the crowd of positive thinking be considered negative, right? So if you're only thinking positively, only seeing what's beautiful, your questions are going to be in, in la-la land because our actions must be taken in current reality. And to take an action in current reality that will be effective, you need to see it. And if you can't see it, your helping spirits can't fix that for you. What you can do for those of you that struggle or, or you're like recovering positive thinkers and you want to actually learn to see current reality so you can start being effective in your life, 
journey, ask your helping spirits politely if you could merge with them and use your eyes. And they will help you to learn to see reality in a way that supports you in discerning and not and get yourself out of this whole positive negative thing because one of the thing about positive thinking all the time is it keeps you colluding with the old story of always dividing things into positive and negative groups it is a form of judgment so anyway you get my point moving on so for for some simplicity's sake um around this old story idea um Let's just turn back to Charles's essay that he recently posted here on November 10th on the election of hate, grief, and the new story. It's well worth a read for those of you who haven't done it yet. But from that, I'll just read a few things to get us um, on the same page here about this, what is actually going on in our current reality, this whole space between stories, so that we can appropriately prepare for the solstice, which is, you know, tomorrow. So (laughs) we're going to call on Charles's insight here. Um, And as he says in this essay, we are entering a time of great uncertainty, institutions so enduring as to seem identical to reality itself have lost their legitimacy and they begin to dissolve. It may seem that the world is falling apart. And he continues, the dissolution of the old order that is now officially in progress is going to intensify. That presents a tremendous opportunity and danger because when normal falls apart, the ensuing vacuum draws in formerly unthinkable ideas from the margins. Anything becomes possible with the collapse of dominant institutions. When the animating force behind these new ideas is hate or fear, all manner of fascistic and totalitarian nightmares can ensue whether enacted by the existing powers or those that arise in revolution against them. Okay, so this is really the key point in this particular solstice fire, whether you are wintering or summering with your solstice, it is recognizing that if your animating force, that central most energy to your life that inspires your actions, which for many of you is your need for safety from your wounded child life, right? So that animating force that drives your actions must change. It cannot be the same animating force that animated the old world story. If we want a new story, it doesn't, the revolution doesn't matter if the animating force doesn't change. Let me put it that way. Okay, and that's what this fire is about. How can you free yourself from your collusion and open yourself up to the new animating force? Now, in my student community, in my life, this was defined for us years ago. Ours is true love. That is the focus of every Why Shamanism Now show, of my healing work, of everything. That is our animating force. And we work constantly and tirelessly to become the people who can do that. But at least we know what our animating force is. And so the part of the value of this fire the solstice fire is for you to find yours if you don't know if you do know great it's an opportunity to clear the collusion so that you can more clearly fully and deeply align yourself in thought word and deed with your new animating force okay so charles says that is why as we enter a period of intensifying disorder it is important to induce introduce a different kind of force to animate the structures that might appear after the old ones crumble. Okay, so that is the key point of our fire. So what we are looking for from this work with the solstice and the fire is first to free up old energy. That's the release part. Then after the fire, to redirect that energy into your new animating force. So we are offering up our collusion with the old story, specifically the unconscious collusion that allows us to deceive, mislead, and otherwise excuse ourselves from stepping fully into our power. And we are asking for help seeing where we excuse – oh, sorry. We are also specifically for this fire – the guidance from spirit is to ask for help seeing where we make excuses um, that pollute our authenticity and our love pollution in our body food choices substance choices um, in our heart in our mind and in spirit in the four wisdom bodies in other words 
Okay, so let's review what we have explored in past shows about ritual, in particular the solstice fire ritual, be it winter or summer. Um, And if you want to go back to that old show, um, it was called Moving Through the Heart of Fear um, from several years back. So keep in mind that this solstice fire ritual um, is, in its intention, is appropriate for all hemispheres simultaneously. The difference will be in your follow-up after the ritual. In the Southern Hemisphere, you will have peak summer and full yang energies to direct uh, first into engaging in the changes that um, will help you to clear your collusion and then into the expression of your new animating energies. Um, And it is possible that you will express several new animating forces because you're riding the big yang energy. So there may be lots of expression and there may be several animating forces until you find the one that truly resonates with you most deeply. And in saying all of this, I've neglected to say the most important thing to say about ritual always. Ritual starts the process. It does not end it. So keep that in mind as I continue here today. Okay, so in the Northern Hemisphere, we we here will be in full yin. And so in the wintertime, uh, the fire then gives us this opportunity to harmonize um, with this particular energy and then to be prepared to dive into deep transformation as we, we explore and release the collusion. There'll be a tendency to be deep into the process that the fire brings to us versus versus um, the energy to rush into the expression. And it's just, you know, where we are on the wheel. I mean, it all needs to happen. Okay, so in the Northern Hemisphere, you be prepared to dive into deep transformation. Don't be scared. Um, and use this deep yin time to explore and release your collusion. Because when we can release these deep, dark waters of old stuck emotions, as Charles said, so enduring as to be seen as reality, right? So these old stuck emotions and we clear this pollution in our hearts, we do this work, then we can, when we surface from this deep yin time, um, we can surface and begin to muse on this time between stories and begin to um, feel into what is our deepest, most central heartfelt animating force. So we can sit, uh, you know, in deep in time, we can sit with our own hearts in meditation. We can sit with our heart and, uh, and express it through art. It could be lots of drawings or paintings, maybe words, but there's a lot about expressing the yin energy that is all about heartfelt expression. Perhaps we can go on long, silent walks out in nature and just allowing our deepest, most animating force to become clear to us, to raise its head and be witnessed, to be acknowledged. Perhaps we do all of these, right? But again, to just journey and ask, um, the important thing is that you find a knowing within your own body, through your own um, experience of having released the collusion and the pollution and being in this clarified, freed up state with this energy to tune in, to feel something you might not have even been able to feel, given the depth for many of us of our collusion with the old story. I mean, I'm 55. I was certainly born into it. And so it's shaped my entire life, shapes my body, it shapes my heart, shapes my mind, shapes my spirit. And, and so we have work to do. We need to, we need to draw ourselves out. Okay, so for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, the process could end up being fairly deep, you know, because winter is full yin time. And this means that it is time for yin activities, um, which are those activities that engage our emotional life. And so how we feel about the collusion and the pollution and letting it go and how we really feel about freedom, how we feel about how the new stuff and the uncertainty scares us, but also ultimately how we feel about the animating force, 
how it makes our heart, our the lin, ling spirit, the deepest part of the heart, um, feel strong and paid attention to. Right. So, so these are the yin activities, and we need to sit with our hearts in this time. Um, and in particular, we may become aware of emotions we have not taken time to feel or express. Um, partly throughout the activity of the year, but it could also be we have not taken the time to feel or express because we couldn't, because they were buried under the old story and our collusion with it. This is really important to understand how many of you do not have permission to be fully present because of all the deep biases of the old story and that you have embodied that old story as have I. And that this is an opportunity to let that go and discover the you that has simply been waiting for permission to be present. They're not broken. They're not wounded. They're not anything. They're just dormant. So this is the possibility in this fire. Um, this time of year for the those in the northern hemisphere is precisely for the activities that review the past in a way that we take accountability for the ways we abandon ourselves and choose not to show up. And that is exactly what collusion creates in us. And it is a time for feeling deeply why we are here, for reviewing our connection to the source energy, the capital S source energy, and to remember the deep longing that holds the reason our souls came into this life. This is the time of year that the kidneys are processing. So for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, I'm talking about this to put you um, on notice that it's kidney time. By nature, as we process unresolved energies in the kidney, we, we, the, the, the emotional energy of the kidney in excess is fear. So the very, the very fact of being at this time of year is does bring up fear and then the activity that I'm asking you to do will bring up fear. So I want those of you in the northern hemisphere to be prepared for that and don't get don't get sidetracked. It's just fear. It's not meant you to be afraid of reality. It's just meant to warn you that there's danger. Change is dangerous. Yes, we know that. Thank you very much fear. I'm moving on anyway. Okay? So, um, fear of stepping away from what is unknown, no matter how awful, painful, or toxic, um, is what scares people. And that's what we're asking ourselves to do at this time with this work with the old story is to step away from what we have known. So, remember that you and your helping spirits, remember to ask your helping spirits for protection. And they can only do it if you ask. Uh, they can help you to find faith if you don't quite know where you lost it. And it's important to ask for what you need because we must become able to deal with life ahead of us, immediately ahead of us in the next handful of years. We must be prepared to deal with uncertainty and unknown and enormous messiness of reality. And we will long for what was normal just for a pause but we can't collude with what was normal because it is normal only in the old story. It is not the only option. So we must be able to deal with every day from a place that is centered and grounded and heartfelt place. And when we are faced with uncertainty and the unknown and what is apparently impossible. And while the situation at Standing Rock is not done, it's not complete but the point is something profoundly different happened there. And so this is the point that we're all trying to make is, it is the impossible is possible if we become the people to make it possible. Okay. So in this way, then you're working with, with winter. For those of you that are working with winter, you get this extra fear dose, right? So pay attention. Allows us to transform fear and doubt into wisdom and trust, which allows us to better accept the discomfort of the unknown and the unknowable. So whether you do a winter solstice ritual or not, use this winter time to prepare yourself to be able to be centered and grounded and heartfelt in the face of the profound discomfort of the unknown and the unknowable. And the feeling of the new story reaching out to you and pulling you forward into actions you are afraid you cannot take and pulling you into the impossible, that which is not normal, that which appears crazy. 
because we are all going to be challenged in this time to step in to the true warriorship of our souls. Why? Because we all chose to be here now, and this is what we chose to do. So in this way, working with winter allows us to transform these energies and to find within our hearts the bravery um, in the face of what we do not know and cannot know. And from this place, we are ready to move uh, to the source and to remember why we are here. And from this place, this deep remembering of why we are here, we can find our new animating force. So the process is a bit different whether you're wrangling the winter energies and the yin or the summer energies and the yang. But the point is still the same, becoming the people who are no longer colluding with the old world and are ready to open their hearts to feel the song of the new world that is already being sung. So the self, since the solstice is upon us, uh, some of you may want a shortcut imagine that a shortcut some of you may want a shortcut um so let's follow trickster's lead because the crazy logic teachers and in this case particular case trickster offers us the shortcuts trickster says that there are seven things that you are doing every day that keep you from right relationship with your power right and because you do those seven things you are colluding with the old story to justify that powerlessness. You see how that works? Okay. So um, these seven things uh, keep you in the, these old patterns and therefore they keep you from the sacrifice necessary um, that is necessary so that something else entirely new can happen. You know, it's all of this collusion is all about justifying what we know we shouldn't be doing. Okay, so these are Trickster's questions, and they can help you to expand your awareness to get at not only the energies uh, to prepare for your fire, but also to get to the true newness of your animating force. And this arena, um, I'm offering this also because it might help those of you in the summer hemisphere kind of get at the deeper dynamics of what spirit's asking us to do, even though the energy you're riding is all about expression. And not so much about deep internal work. Um, but if you if you follow Trickster's lead, um, you can harness that a big yang energy and um, do deep work nonetheless. Okay, so the seven things that Trickster says pay attention to are wholeness. Uh, do you truly value wholeness, oneness, um, or just when it's convenient to do so? <laughs> Do you carry a sense of being of the chosen people from your family's religious history or from your particular skin color? So this, this sense of being a chosen people is a way that we disengage from oneness. Do you enjoy a sense of entitlement of one kind or another? Do you long for a relationship with divinity that is otherworldly and apart from the connection to your own human condition. So these are all ways that we actually, while we say we value wholeness and oneness, that we actually step away from it. Okay, so number two from Trickster is duality. Judgment, judgment, sorry, judgment sets us into likes and dislikes and into antagonistic dualities. And this old way of thinking assumes antagonism is inherent in duality. In the idea of a dualistic world, it assumes this inherent antagonism between the energies. Um, and this keeps us out of the deeper understanding of complementary dualism, which is at the heart of shamanic cultures around the world. Not all of them, but many of them. And um, we've uh, discussed this on a number of shows. But the important thing for us here is the movement out of judgment and likes and dislikes that is such a staple of the old story and become people that understand, yes – this manifestation here on earth has a dualistic quality, but that dualism presents itself in complementary energies and that they all are always um, moving together. 
to create a kind of wholeness and a oneness. So yin moves to yang and yang moves to yin and together they are chi and that all of our energies are actually functioning that way and that is the true nature of energy here in our lives and that judgment kicks us out of that reality so we're not functioning in the real world when we are judging. Okay, so that's one and two. So Trickster also says creativity. When we can stay in discernment, out of judgment and just in discernment, um, we are just discerning um, what is without lapping over into the good bad dynamic of judgment. Okay, so when we stay in discernment, in particular, um, we can move into creating solutions that are actually born out of real creativity versus um, staying stuck in the old story and creating a new version of an old reality. So the creativity is like, um, well, it's like remodeling, um, redecorating your house versus remodeling the house. Okay. All right. So Trickster reminds us that in a life of true calling, you are yourself fully. That status quo, status quo solutions come out of our fear, worry, anxiety, and fixations and indulgences. In short, all of the things we do instead of engaging passionately and risking creating something new. And this understanding around creativity and how it, how it uh, lives differently within a field of discernment or a field of judgment. This is really important if we're going to create it's, – it's like what Charles was saying about the animating force. If the animating force isn't different, even the revolutionaries will simply create a new version of the old system no matter how hard they fight and no matter how true their reasons are for that fighting, for the revolution. The only way to create, to truly create something different, Trickster is saying, is to work to live in discernment and not judgment. Okay, number four from the trickster is um, right use of power or the movement of power literally requires a firm base. So recognizing if you're going to move power in the world, you must have a firm base. So trickster's challenge is, you know, what have you done to cultivate a firm base in that is rooted in your morals and values, is grounded into the earth, rooted in your morals and values, and making sure that that firm root that supports your balance is upgrading and evolving and changing and growing ever stronger as you do. And so trickster says, so what have you done to cultivate balance from which you can move directly out into the world. And so in other words, if you're constantly excusing your ineffectiveness because you're something, such an empath and the world is just too challenging, uh, you are not creating balance in the world. Right? So what are you doing? Trickster's saying, okay, so what are you doing to deal with that situation so that you become a person who is able to function in balance in the world and bring the gifts of your empathy in this example actually to bear in the world. Okay, moving right along. Trickster's uh, fifth um, point to pay attention to is systems. The right use of power requires that you surrender to the systems that move with the true energies instead of getting wrapped up in speculation about the desperate dying manifestation of the old system. I see so much wasted energy right now going into speculation and, oh, my God, I'm so afraid and this and that and the other thing of what everybody thinks might happen. And that energy is going directly into fueling the old story. Move on. This world as we have known it is dying. The question is, have you rescued yourself from that old world and are you moving towards the new one? So this has to do with learning to surrender to the seasons and moving with them, learning to work with the elements to pull yourself out of the complexity and struggle that humans make and manufacture in their lives. And most of all, it's about learning to surrender to your humanity as a support and as your root strength. This is all about recognizing there are many systems here. The old world is not the only system. And that which will endure long beyond the old world and the new world are the seasons, are the elements, are the actual root of humanity, maybe, will exist beyond this. We'll see. So anyway, moving on, trickster, 
Number six, intent. You can't get lost in the big systems. I mean, you can get lost in the big systems, but you must not allow yourself to do that. Um, You must shape and maintain your intent. Energy follows your thoughts. So organize yourself and declutter. Pull your mental energy away from those things that you wish to not see manifest in the world. Don't deny their existence, but don't give them more energy than they already have. Organize your energy through your intent And then you can talk to yourself about how to then organize your power. And finally, Trickster says, transformation. Do you live in a way that requires your life to create your transformations for you? In other words, are you forcing life to show you where you need to grow and to heal and transform? Or are you choosing to become a skillful person, an honest person, and engage your transformations with intention before your life is required to make them happen for you? Okay. So those are Trickster's suggestions, especially for those of you in the summer hemisphere, not because you need them more, but it will help you engage with the kind of energy you're working with in your season. Okay. Prep journeys for everyone for the 2016 Solstice Fire. Show me how I collude with a dominant paradigm or consensus reality, old story, whatever you want to say that, okay, whatever has the most meaning for you. Show me how I collude with the dominant paradigm to justify powerlessness. And this can be mental powerlessness, spiritual powerlessness, physical powerlessness, or emotional powerlessness. It could be all of those. Okay. So, Prep question number two, and these are journey questions. Show me how I collude with the dominant paradigm to justify inner pollution. Again, mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional potential pollutions. Okay. So number three, what fears must I release to claim, insert the powers from the journey number one, to... um, Uh, Sorry, what fears must I release to claim, insert power, um, that I lose in this collusion? And what must I sacrifice to clear and then insert your different pollution answers? So if you've got three pollutions, you need to ask that question three times. What must I sacrifice to clear pollution number one? What must I sacrifice to clear pollution number two? Right, like that. Okay, and the same thing with the fears that you need to release to claim the powers that you're losing to the collusion. Power number one, power number two. Okay, so after you interpret your journeys, create a power object that embodies the energies. Um, One or more energies can be in the power object. You can make one power object for each energy. You can wrap them all into one. None of that actually particularly matters. What matters is your focused and intent in moving the energies out of you and into the object. So meditation is a way to do that. And and traditionally, there's wrapping a string and meditating and repeating again and again and again. Now, of course, everything you are using needs to burn without becoming toxic. So they need to be natural things. And they also, whatever power object you make needs to fit into your fire. So if you're only doing a candle... You're going to need most likely to do things on paper. You can fold or origami is a way to really focus your intent if you're if you're having to use paper. Another way to do the simplest, most um, non – leave the most evidence, uh, least evidence that you've done a fire ritual is go to a magic store and get flash paper. And you can write these energies on it a thousand times and then poof – burn it and it's gone. So anyway, many ways, be creative. So if you're inclined to do this work, um, then, uh, and set the fire and call in spirit and to dance, then be ready for the exposure that this particular ritual will create because you are stripping yourself from the safety you feel in the normalcy, no matter how much you hate it, of the old world. And remember that ritual is the beginning and not the end. The release at the fire allows spirit to come into the intricacies of your unconscious collusion and expose it for what it is. Thus, the exposure you need to be prepared for. And this brings the energies into your conscious awareness where you can then transform them. Okay. So let's talk a bit again about the actual conducting of the fire ritual. So I'm going to share this with the assumption that this is the very first time you have ever done this. And those of you who are comfortable already with fire rituals, go for it. Add your, add your stuff. Um, this version is very basic 
and as always with ritual, do the steps at your level. If you need to ask me how to do it, you're trying too hard. Do it as you can understand how to do it and it will be fine. Simple will still be effective and simple will be safe and that's what's important. And if you want to embellish and know how, fine. Right? But don't send me an email to try to do something fancier than you're prepared to do. Okay, so prepare. So these are the journeys above. And if others are joining you in the ritual, make sure that they also prepare or their lack of preparation will disperse the efficacy of your ritual. Prepare yourself, prepare the space the fire is going to be in, and prepare your post-ritual celebration. Okay, then you light your fire. You call in the spirit help. Songs are good for this. Speaking your intention is good for this. So these could simply be the six directions and the center, um, your own helping spirits, things like that. You don't have to get crazy. Just work with the spirits that you have a relationship with. Then there is an invocation to the fire. And this is where you step up to the fire, treat it as a being, tell the fire who you are, why you're there, what you're asking the fire to do as directly and succinctly as possible. Okay, you're asking it to perform in its sacred function. In this case, you are asking the fire to help you to release the fears and other energies that keep you in collusion with the old story. You are asking for freedom to move into the space between stories, to imagine the unimaginable and make possible the impossible. And it's fine for you to just directly use those words. Okay, then feed the fire, asking it to become a sweet and sacred fire. So you can feed it spirits, you know, like alcohol. You can feed it um, chocolate, tobacco, cornmeal, traditional offerings from the land that you are on that indigenous people who lived on the land that you were on would have used. Um, these are um, herbs or things you've grown in your own garden. Um, they can be songs, they can be prayers, they can be blessings. Um, I even sometimes offer ash, which I know seems a little bit redundant with a fire, but I'm always asking for the protection to be vulnerable in this fire to let the ritual happen. So anyway, feed the fire. Most important is to treat the fire as a being. You know, there's not a whole lot you can feed to a candle, but you got to figure out a way to do it anyway. Okay, so once you've stated your intention and you've invoked um, your relationship with the fire in its sacred purpose and the clarity of your intent in this particular fire, then you can, um, then the next step is to release the power objects that you've made into the fire. And you can dance around the fire until you feel ready to release it, really feeling the energy and making sure it's all embodied in your object before you release it into the fire. You can speak to the fire at that point, but not too much. You know, blah, blah, blah about all the details of your collusion. Yeah, not so helpful. You know, the fire is true yang energy. It goes from A to B directly. So a lot of blah, blah, blah is not going to help you at all. More words is not better at the fire. Okay. Say it like you mean it. And remember that you speak to your ancestors through the fire. And they are part of the great... Um, circle of spirits that are going to help you after the fire make it real and then the other thing about the fire if you're doing this fire ritual with other people is part of your job as you hold the circle around the fire is to witness other people and what they're doing when everybody's done burning their objects um, then give gratitude to the fire um, same offerings as before just a different message um and again, treating the fire as a being, thanking it for its help. Songs are great at this point to, to give gratitude to the fire, to whatever the other helping spirits are that you've called in, to your helping spirits that helped you with your journeys, you know, whatever that might be. And then you bow out of the fire and leave the circle that you've created around the fire and then celebrate together. Whether it's summer or winter, the, the breaking bread together and sharing that feast is important. And I do this step even in the days when I used to be doing my fire rituals all by myself in my little apartment um, on the other side of town here in Portland, um, that to, to, to bind the intent with that feast is important. And then just remember what comes from there. 
which is you've just begun the process to be, and you will be given the opportunities in your life now to unravel the, the, the grips of that collusion and to release the energies of that pollution and be able again to free up that energy and then tune in to find for yourself what is the animating force for you in the new world. And how do you begin to serve that animating force in the way you manifest your life? So to Grandfather Fire, that will be helping all of us in our Solstice Fire rituals, I give deep, deep thanks. To the ancestors who gather around us, I give thanks. To the earth below and the sky above, deep gratitude. And to the heart in the center that unites us all, I give thanks. So I just want to remind everyone here at the end of the year, as you are getting ready for the new year, that Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self, step one in the cycle of transformation, is not only available for registration, the retreat is in June um, here in the United States, the 4th through the 9th in 2017, and this retreat is already two-thirds booked. So if you are hoping to start the cycle teachings in this new year, now is the time to register. It's all on lastmaskcenter.org on the home page and on the June page. Um, and then I also want to point out that Sandra Ingerman is offering another online course for shamanic journeying called The Healing Power of Shamanic Journey. Since I don't have an online course, I want to offer you the opportunity to do this with Sandy. The free intro call has passed. However, I'm sure that you can still register for the course through the link on the home page of lastmasscenter.org. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week. 